it's quite um, empowering in a sense because it's like, wow, the bar is really low. Just like, I mean, in a big part of that was photos, right? Like blurry photo, drinking a beer, like just bad lighting is like, oh, it's like these guys aren't really putting any work into this. Um, so going out and getting quality photos, it communicates a certain seriousness and intention. So this episode is about online dating, and I thought I would start out with a very recent celebration from one of our graduates. This is someone who was married in the past and was um, really looking for the right fit for a while in dating and not really finding what he was looking for. And then he had some success, and I would like to share that with you. So about four weeks ago, I met a woman on Tinder. This last weekend, I drove up to see her and we spent the weekend together. It was one of the most charging and healing experiences of my life. Before I drove up to meet her, we had covered a lot of topics and conversation in great depth and breadth. I led with vulnerability in conversation and was blown away by the way she responded to me. She kept saying things like, who the fuck are you? Are you for real? We shared lots of laughs and even tears together before we ever met in person. She was also upfront with me about where she would be on her cycle when I got up there, letting me know she'd have lower energy and just want to be chill and taken care of. I thought it was super sexy because it showed me she had a lot of self-awareness and knew what she wanted. Me being me, went to work planning. I ended up sending flowers to her work the day prior to me getting there and told her I would be taking care of all meals. Historically, she has been living in her masculine the majority of her life and has never had a man who led, served, and cared for her the way I did. She melted. She was saying the most amazing things to me. I've never had a woman open up the way she did. Mel, I bought your course on sex and listened to the module on going slow, which ended up coming in handy. We didn't end up having sex, which was totally fine. I told her I want to take it slow, but she was literally rubbing and grabbing my cock all weekend. So much goodness here that I want to share, but there's just not the words or time to describe how giddy I am about it. Learning to be present, slow down, and communicate and act from center has been life-changing. Leading conversations out of vulnerability is a real thing with the right woman. It's so fucking cool to actually see the manifestation of the things you teach show up in my life. For a long time, I really thought stuff like, oh, that sounds and feels cool, but I wonder if it'll ever happen for me. So grateful it finally has. And I wanted to drop that here in this episode in particular, because I think that it, 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 it helps to remember that it can work. (laughs) It can work. And we're going to talk about a lot of tips and a lot of advice around it and When you do the work and when you show up and you keep doing the work and you keep showing up, a lot of times you experience success. And I just wanted to start start the episode out with a bang. And you can always remember that if you have any questions or comments, you can get me at dearmenpodcast at gmail.com. And I will catch you next time. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. We are going to do a dating episode today. We haven't done one of those in a while And this is a very popular topic in our community because we have lots of men who are either back in the dating market. So they're either in the dating market 
you know, just in the dating market, or they've been married and now they're either divorced or separated and they're back in the dating market and it's been a while and they're wondering how to quote, do the apps well. Um, we also get a lot of clients who have been trying on the apps for a long time and it hasn't been working. So we're going to talk about all of that and more. Um, and we have five specific tips around this and how to do the apps well so that you don't get super discouraged, which is something that we've seen a lot. Um, so yeah, welcome to this episode. Thanks for being here, Jason. Yeah, stoked to be back. Great topic. So. Yeah. First of all, I guess I just wanted to validate men's experience on the apps. And when I say men and women for this episode, I'm talking about hetero men and women who are on apps um, linking with each other. So straight men and straight women or men who have sex with women and women who have sex with men. And as a woman who has sex with men and has been on the apps, my experience has been drastically and vastly different than the men that we work with and many of my male friends. So yeah, just to to validate that, I looked up a little bit of research. And um, according to Y Combinator, most men get somewhere between zero to four matches per week zero to four matches per week. And most women get somewhere like 100 to 1000. That is a 25 X difference. And sometimes it's over 100 X. That is only one specific study. But one of the reasons for this is that women tend to swipe right much more um, judiciously. So they swipe right a lot less than men. According to a 2021 study, women only swiped right about 5% of the time and men swiped right about 53% of the time. So there's a variety of reasons. And then some research also says that in general, more hetero men are on the hetero apps than women. So there are just, there are more men on there. Women are swiping right less frequently. Um, and there's a few more things involved, but I'll, I'll just pause there. So I just want to say that Many of the men that I know, many of the men that I know that are on the apps find it to be pretty discouraging a lot of the time because they're not getting that many matches and mm. they are confused about why and it can feel really discouraging. And I think the other, I think, experience to just validate is that there's a lot of ghosting that goes on on the apps, right? It's not always a super connected experience. Somebody's there for three days, you're having a great text conversation back and forth, and then they're just gone. And sometimes they'll resurface six days later and you don't know what happened. And I think that's, that can be a really stressful experience, especially if you feel like you're vibing. So um, I just want to validate that in general, it's online dating can be really challenging to, to your heart, basically, right? Keeping the faith, keeping your heart open, um, continuing, you know, not getting bitter and resentful and angry, which we'll, we'll touch on. But I just wanted to kind of validate that right off the bat that um, straight women and straight men are having different experiences on, on the apps. And um, if you are interested in going into detail in that more, I did a girl talk and a guy talk episode about online dating. And I will drop those in the show notes of this episode. But I think it is worth listening to uh, the girl talk, well, really both of them. I think the guy talk will be validating and then the girl talk might be a, a bit enlightening about what happens, you know, on our side, like what our challenges are around it because 
there are a lot of challenges on both sides. Anything to add around that sort of validation piece? Yeah, it's just, it, it is hard. It is hard for men. And um, we've seen men who've had, definitely had great success on there. And we've had other men who are doing everything right. And just, it becomes a um, source of stress and sometimes exhaustion. And so I guess I would also just add that even with all the tips we're going to put in today, it's it's okay to take a break sometimes and you don't always have to be on there. Um, but as our culture in a lot of ways continues to get fractured, you know, the, the other piece of research is, um, you know, it is more and more people are actually meeting each other through online apps. So that was not always the case, even though there was a lot of usage, but the, the numbers are like more relationships actually are starting from the apps. So there is a general trend to, yeah, this is kind of becoming more commonplace for a lot of people. And so we just want to help you guys make it the work the best you can for you. Yes. And I think that incrementally apps are getting... I hesitate to use the word better, but I'll just give one quick example, which is many of the apps now have a feature where you can use your voice. You can actually put a little voice memo in there. And I find that to be really helpful. Actually hearing someone's voice or someone hearing my voice feels more personal. It feels more um, connected. So I think the apps are incrementally getting better. Um, and I guess I would just yeah also offer that we have had a lot of men that have met dating partners through the apps and not necessarily long-term relationship partners, although we do have men who have met their partner that way, but really um, enlivening relationships. So enlivening dating relationships, right? Dating relationships where it felt good. They learned a lot. There was connect, real connection. There was depth. We've had a lot of guys move their dating and relationship lives forward through the app. So it can be done. We're going to talk about it. And yeah, just to kind of drop some kernels of hope. If you're one of those men who's like, this has been really hard and really exhausting for me. Okay. So we have five concrete tips that we're going to go over today. Um, the first one is pretty straightforward and pretty obvious. We're not going to spend a lot of time here, but um, get better photos, get better photos. So this has been a consistent uh, win for a lot of our men who've actually chosen to 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 do this. And part of it is just, <clears throat> I, I think that part of it is the intention that you bring to getting your photos done, right? Like really bringing some intention to like, yeah, I'm going to do, I'm doing this online dating. I'm taking it seriously. <clears throat> I'm getting some pictures that I feel like represent me well. I'm collaborating with a photographer. I think most of the men, if not all of the men that have chosen to do this have had really good results. And I don't just mean more matches on the, on the site. What I mean is they have felt more confident. They have felt more, they have felt better and feeling better is part of, I believe what attracts good things to us when we are in a better state, when we're in a better mental state, we tend to attract more of what we want and we're more in line with what we want and we're exuding the energy that attracts what we want. So I think there's something, there's kind of a win-win. You get better pictures for others, but you also have the internal experience of just feeling better about what you're putting out there. Any comments on that? Yeah, I think this one is a great one for a couple of different reasons. One of which is um, it it also just shows some intentionality. So it actually communicates something that like, oh, I'm, you know, just like uh, I'm 
conscious of what I'm going to wear clothing wise on my first day, conscious of what I'm putting out there. Um, there's a level of consciousness attached to it. Right. And I, I've certainly heard from plenty of women. And I, I remember in the, you know, mid 2010s experiment, me and my old roommate did where you could switch on, on Tinder. You could actually see guys. There was like a button that you could flip. And I remember one afternoon we just like, we had it up on our TV and we were like flipping through it. It was like, Oh my God. It was, it was quite um, empowering in a sense. Cause it's like, wow, the bar is really low. Just like, I mean, and a big part of that was photos, right? Like blurry photo, drinking a beer, like just bad lighting is like, oh, like these guys aren't really putting any work into this. Um, so going out and getting quality photos, it communicates a certain seriousness and intention to to um, what you're doing. And then, yeah, I think the big piece that it comes with is that I've certainly seen of men is like it can confer a certain amount of dignity of just like, wow, I like how I look in my photos. That's actually a really big deal. And that transmits, you know, through in some sense. And it takes um, the other piece with doing that is the willingness to invest in yourself to me is it's like a type of self-love like, Oh, it's I'm worth it to get good photos of myself. Um, for this, because I want to look good, and I do look good, so I want to get you know a professional eye to help me, and that all adds up. Um, and you know, a good, particularly a good portrait photographer or something, they can direct you and help get the best, the warm, you know, your warm, authentic self um, evoked from you, without you having to wonder how to do it, which can be a big source of stress for guys. Like, how do I get a good photo? So I think if you get some professional photos, that can really help. And then even with the non-professional ones, if you are just intentional in terms of thinking about um, what photos you pick, it communicates a lot about you. So I know um, I'm certainly a fan of also guys, including photos that paint a little picture of their social sphere, like, you know, guys hanging out with friends or family, like it, it creates a little bit a deeper sense of of who you are you know it doesn't have to be like a um you know professionally staged stock type photo but just yeah you know like you and a couple buddies or something like that 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 there alone also communicates a lot about your life and who you are yeah or photos outside in nature um i read something funny once that said men with dogs in their photos get more swipes get more swipe swiped on right more um, not saying you should borrow your friend's dog or anything, but just, <laughs> I think it's because it sort of conveys care that there's something, it feels like the man, I can feel his heart. There's something about caring for an animal that makes me feel like maybe you would care for me. But anyways, yes, photos are important and dignity is the word that I heard the most loudly there. I think there's something really true about, yeah, dignity, conveying dignity, feeling dignity and investing being willing to invest in yourself in all kinds of ways. Um, the second tip that we have is, so we live in a very individualistic society here in North America, most of the West. And I think that the dating apps kind of, um, what is the word, emphasize that. So it's really easy on a dating app to just share facts about yourself. and. What I find is that 
what is more inviting to me is a man inv- in inviting me into his vision for us. So I'll give you a quick example. Um, and we, I guess this is probably a good place to talk about which apps you're on as well. Um, <clears throat> I personally am not a big fan of Hinge or Bumble or Tinder, which I call kind of like the short swipe apps, meaning you don't have that much information. You got short answers, not a lot of, yeah, there's just not a lot of detail. There's not a lot of meat on the bone to kind of get into and get to know someone before before you have to interact with them. Um, but, and, and on Hinge, I believe you can choose which questions you, you answer. So for example, I'll give you an example. <clears throat> three things you might not know about me or three, you know, two truths and a lie, that kind of thing. That's fun. There's something fun about that. I'm, I'm getting to know you as a person, but an ideal date with you would look like is a better question in terms of inviting me into a vision. So if you put <clears throat> an ideal date is we go on a hike in the morning and then we hit up a farmer's market in the afternoon and then we have a picnic at a park. I have a sense of what it would feel like to be with you, what you value, what you find interesting. Um, an ideal date with me would be we. Um, share a bottle of wine, watch TED Talk, talk about it, and then play Scrabble. Or an ideal um, evening out for me would be we go to, we go get tacos and then we play bumper cars or, you know, whatever. You get the idea. It's about you and what you enjoy doing, but it's also about inviting her into it. It's about actually painting a picture. There's something very inviting about that element of, creating a vision rather than just listing facts about yourself. Any, any comments on that? Yeah. I mean, this goes into a lot of what we work with men around, around inviting women into a plan or a vision. Right. And what's great about that um, is just even in terms of polarity, if you imagine if you've put out an ideal date or something, the experience a woman gets to have is, Oh, that feels good. Like, oh, I could imagine myself doing that. That sounds fun. Like my body's a yes to that versus like, like yes to the experience in a sense and not because the the trick with like putting facts about yourself is like, no one can actually be a yes to you just based off the apps. They don't actually know you. Right. And the whole point is you got to spend time with someone to get to know them. So when you, when you lead with an experience like that, it's like, Oh yeah, I can be a yes to that experience. And then through that experience, I'm going to get to know this person. Um, Cause you know, if we're just basing it off what people share about themselves, like the facts, like you said, it does get a little more job resume like, and it's really easy to cross someone off the list because, Oh, I said, I wanted a guy who never had a dog and this guy's clearly got a dog and you know, you, you can, you can get a little crazy with that pretty fast. So I love the idea of a vision because it's, yeah, it's a sense of direction. And it's a future possibility, right? Which in itself is a type of um, polarity. And, you know, as one of my teachers once said, it's like a part of a type of seduction of like, hey, here's a vision that I'd like to invite you into, right? And it's like, oh, yeah, I could could imagine that. What would that be like to go hiking with him or go play Scrabble? So I'm a big fan um, of that one. And it means you also have to do a little work to have a woman doing, you know, to have something to invite her into, 
which again, just shows a little consciousness that you're thinking ahead and that there's some awareness there. Yes. I was going to say, I think it's inherently polarizing when you have a vision or a concept or an idea, it doesn't even need to be elaborate. When you have something that I feel like I can step into, you are holding alpha in, in polarity work. We talk about alpha and omega as the two poles. Alpha is more associated with masculine, feminine is more associated with omega. You're holding the alpha pole when you're like, here's, you know, like I'll give you another example. It's maybe good for the holiday season is an ideal date would be um, I make us two thermoses of hot cocoa and we go on one of those holiday lights walks where, you know, one of those neighborhoods where they have them really done up. And then we kiss under, um, what is it? Holly? I'm sorry. I'm blanking on the tree. Mistletoe. Mistletoe, thank you. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, you're like, oh, that's sweet. That sounds like a great date, right? I'm like, oh, I want, now I want to, now I'm going to go look at your photos in a different way, right? Now I'm like, that sounds fun. I'm I'm lit up as Omega. So I'm more receptive to you because there's something for me to grasp onto. There's an experience, there's a potential. It's just, it's inherently polarizing. And I want to say something about vision for the connection as well as vision for what we could do together. So I think I've talked about this on other episodes, but this is the perfect time to bring it up again. You know, one of the things that we often come across with our clients is we have a lot of clients with children. So we have a lot of clients with um, kids from their former marriage, or sometimes they're separated now and they're dating and everything. They have limited time right? They have a very uh, specific amount of time in their week. And often they don't have that much time for dating, but they do want to date, right? They want that experience in their life. They want a dating partner and potentially a relationship partner. They don't want to rush it a lot of the time, but they, but they do want that. And it's okay. I guess I just want to say out loud, it's okay to um, talk about your kids and mention your kids and, you know, um, you know, love on your kids or brag about your kids and say, like, these are the most important little people in my life. When I think sometimes it can, it can be like, how do I do this? How do I include this part of my life? But man, there are a lot of people out there in the same position. There are a lot of women out there with kids and they're having a lot of the same questions of like, what am I even doing on the apps? Do I even really have time to date? And I'm here to tell you, and I think Jason, you'll agree that it is still worth it. It is still worth dating, right? Even if you're only seeing someone twice a month, that's a special time. You get to be together. You get to really drop in with each other. You get to experience some depth, some connections, some sexy intimacy. Um, it's worth it. It's worth it. Even if you have, you don't have that much time. So if you're someone who feels like guilty or how's this going to work, I don't understand going on a dating app and dating doesn't need to mean I'm going to get married to this next person that I meet. And so back to the vision thing, you can include something like that in your profile. For example, one of our graduates had something on his profile that said, one night stand, not enough. Full on committed relationship leading to marriage, too much. Sexy romantic connection with depth and heart, just right. So he was laying out the vision of, here are a few things I don't want. Here is something I do want. And he got a lot of engagement on that profile. He was also a man who invested in professional photos for his profile. So he had, he was, he took it seriously, but I really like that. and want to pass that on as a tip of you're allowed to kind of say, 
here's too much. Here's not enough. Here's what's, here's what I'm looking for, right? Here's what I'm actually available for. And I believe that it takes a, a certain amount of trust to be, to do that, right? You have to trust there will be a match for me. There will be someone who's looking for something like what I'm looking for. And I, I guess I just want to say you're worth it. And it is very masculine. It is very masculine to lay out what you're available for and what you're not and to invite, like, I'd love to hear what you're available for and what you're not. What are you wanting? There's something, again, inherently polarizing about setting the stage, about creating the container, about being proactive about laying that out rather than just, here are some facts about me. You know, it's it's not very complete and and the apps don't really support what I'm talking about in terms of laying out a vision. So particularly the short swipe apps, like I was talking about, don't really support this. So you have to be a little bit creative about how you include it in your profile, but you absolutely can. And then I have another comment about apps, but do you have anything to say about, on that topic before I switch? Yeah, I think... Um how how i sometimes see this showing up for guys that's related to this is you don't have to self limit so we we do tend to work with a lot of nice guys and they will often carry the story that oh i'm i'm not available to get married or something right now so i shouldn't date because there's no chance there's a woman out there who might just want to have an intimate connection or might just want to have a twice a month we go on a date and i don't need anything more from you right? There's the story that no, women only want committed relationships all the time. And so sometimes we'll catch men kind of self-limiting. And this vision piece you're talking about is, yeah, it's okay to be honest about what you're available for, right? What you're, that's, that's what our client did. He was clear about what he was available for. And yeah, not every woman is going to be aligned with that. And that's okay. So those women won't respond, but the ones that do are going to be even clear about what he is available for and be okay with it. And everybody is navigating, you know, different phases of life. And so for a man, whether it's post-divorce or post-relationship or he's having a hard time with his career or something, we can make up the story that, well, I can't get on the apps and I can't date until that's all fixed or I'm out of this phase. But you got to remember, women go through these phases too. <laughs> And I'll, there's absolutely a good chance that there's someone else out there who might be aligned with you in that moment in that for it to be a successful relationship, it doesn't have to last forever. It doesn't have to be a full-time committed monogamous thing. There's whatever you two feel ready to create. And the clearer you are about that and the more you can communicate that in, in, in your profile, I think the better it's going to go. And there are absolutely some of these apps I think are more conducive to that because they they're less, you know, the more space you kind of have to interact or communicate about yourself, the more depth that can be attached there. And the thing about the kind of Tinders, you know, those are designed to have as little friction as possible and to be as surface oriented as possible. So like there's no friction, right? Just swipe, 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 swipe. You can do, you know, hundreds in 10 minutes, I think sometimes. Um, and that has a cost. So I think some of the apps that actually have a little bit more friction to them takes a little more time to put in your profile and set things up. I think that also leads to people who are more serious about actually interacting or maybe going on dates and stuff after the um, after getting connected. Yeah, 
I, so one of the things we talk about with our men is which apps you're on and sometimes switching it up or trying, trying different things. So I'm going to mention, I generally recommend OkCupid as a good app specifically because it tends to attract a more conscious audience. So there are more people interested in topics around consciousness, which is a lot of who we attract as clients. And there's a lot more um, meat on the bone in terms of the profile. So you can add a lot more about all the things we're talking about, vision and um, things about yourself, but more than just that as well. There's just, there's more space, there's more room. You have more to work with. You get to know people more through their profiles. And OkCupid has certain questions that you can answer. So you get a sense of someone's values or even there's, you know, there's funny ones too, but what, what's, what are some examples? Um, you know, how do you feel about, <laughs> how do you feel about the death penalty? There's, there's ones about, um, political ideas and ideals, but there's also things about, you know, have you ever lied to protect a friend, for example? And then you can write in an answer. There's like, yes, no, I'm not sure. And then there's like, write in. So you can, you can, what, what the, algorithm does is it matches your questions. So if you if you go on OkCupid and you see you're 88% compatible with someone, it actually means something because if you've filled out enough of these questions and they have also filled out a bunch of questions, the app is telling you here's where you've overlapped. And I'm not doing a good example, good, so I'm not doing a good job of giving you the examples of the questions, but they there are enough of them so that if you answer, let's say 50 of them, and it doesn't take very long, it's pretty easy and kind of entertaining, then you have an actually better idea of a fit with someone, right? If you see 73% versus 92%, it actually means something. So there's just more to work with through that app. So I like OkCupid. I'm not a big fan of the short swipe apps, but I understand there's a huge volume of people there. So there is a trade-off. There tends to be a lower volume of people on an app like OkCupid, especially depending on where you are geographically. And, and OkCupid is also an app that tends to have a lot of folks in the ethical non-monogamy community, also known as the poly community. So if you see ENM on a profile, that means ethically non-monogamous. And so, and you don't have to be into ethical non-monogamy to be on OkCupid. I'm just letting you know in certain geographical areas, for example, the Bay Area, that tends to attract a lot of folks like that. There's another app called Meet Mindful, which again has a lot less volume. There are fewer people on that app, but a lot of the people on that app are consciousness minded because you won't know about that app unless you know about it. So I just wanted to touch on that briefly and, and, you know, have you switch it up and try different things and yeah, just be aware that there, there, there is more than just the, the short swipe apps to work with. Any comments on that? Yeah, just one last thing to maybe wrap it up. With, you know, a theme coming through obviously is that the more consciousness and attention you bring to your profile, the better it's going to go. In a sense, you don't want it to just be a second afterthought. If I dump some stuff in there, and I hope I get a match. So, in, in a way, the app you're choosing to spend time in is part of that because the apps have different cultures and communities around them. So, you know. Who uses Tinder is going to be different than someone who takes the time to fill out an OK Cupid profile or who takes the time and finance to actually pay 
for certain services that have even more friction, right? Dating uh, matchup services or, you know, the kind of older school things like eHarmony where there's, you know, different pieces in there that oftentimes the people who are using those apps have different intentions, right? They're like, I want a relationship. I don't just want to date right now. So bringing consciousness to which app you're going to use that that's included in your vision, I would say. So taking a little time to familiarize instead of just, oh, well, that's the most popular one. So I'm just going to use that one because I'm going to get the most matches. But if you're getting matches that aren't a fit, you've wasted your time, right? If if your person isn't the kind of person who's going to be on there. So it's good to kind of do a little bit of the work and yeah, experiment, which apps are really going to work the best for you. Yes. And moving on to tip number three. So let's say you've gotten your photos, you have described your vision, you feel good about your profile. Maybe you've even run it by a woman friend or two just to see, does this feel like a match for me? Does it, does it feel like I'm represented here? You know, does this feel like me? Would you swipe? You know, what, what catches your attention? What do you find kind of off-putting or dull or whatever? Like, you know, get some feedback from your target audience. That's always a good idea. Um, and then um, when you're actually interacting, so you're on the on the apps, you're swiping, you're matching, lead. And when I say lead, part of what I mean is a tip that we are going to suggest is get on FaceTime fast. So yes, dates are important and meeting up in person is important. And it is um lovely to me when a man asks me out soon after matching, right? Like I don't need to go back and forth with you for five days. You know, I think there's a myth out there that men are like, I don't want to, or a lot of the nice guys that we've worked with are like, I don't want to make her feel objectified or I don't want to, you know, have her feel uncomfortable. So I'm going to like ease into it. and going to ask all these questions and have a whole conversation. To me, I feel much more like, yes, some conversation, great, but then let's Let's get on the phone. Let's get on FaceTime. Let's go on a date. Let's do something to see if there's more here rather than spending three weeks messaging back and forth. So um, FaceTime, I think, or just Zoom, whatever you want to do, but like, hey, do you have 10 minutes to FaceTime this evening or tomorrow? 10 minutes is a really reasonable amount of time. A lot of times, if you're just saying, hey, do you want to get on FaceTime tonight? Or, hey, do you want to get on FaceTime tomorrow? There's like, oh, like how long is it going to be? You know, what is that going to mean? You know, I've got to pick up the kids at six. Like there's, there, there can be a lot of static versus giving the time constraint of like 10 minutes makes it feel a lot more doable for a lot of people, especially if you're like, you know what, you can be in the car. Like this is really low key. You don't have to, you know, I just want to connect a little bit. How does that sound? There's something really nice about getting to video chat quickly because both of you can get the experience of, does this person look like their profile photo? What does their voice sound like, right? Those are both really big deals. And I think it's a lot more efficient, right? It's a lot more cost-effective. There's just a lot of power in getting to FaceTime fast. So that's one of the tips that we have anything to add around that this is a pretty simple and straightforward one but you'd be surprised how much more 
just efficient it can be rather than particularly in the season we're in, we're dropping this episode as just as winter is, is starting is right around the corner. When it's cold out, you're going to, you're adding even more difficulty to the process of getting together, right? There's, it's just, it's a whole thing, right? When we're, when we're cold, we want to be cozy inside and there's a lot of resistance to going out. It's a bigger ask getting together in person ends up being a bigger ask versus like, Hey, let's just FaceTime, see how, see how that goes. And then we can go on a date. Thoughts. I think it's an awesome practice. Um, it's directional, it's leadership oriented, right? It's moving the connection forward. Um, I think it's really important in the sense, you know, some of the culture around this changed in COVID and that, you know, I think even some of the apps include the ability to do video chat right through the app now. So you don't necessarily have to give away your phone number. There's, there's like ways, more ways than ever to do it safely. And you can learn so much about a person in that short time period, particularly when you do put, um, a little container like a a time around it of like, Hey, 10 minutes. The great thing about that is you both have an out at 10 minutes, right? So you're, you're kind of creating a a nice gentle out. And if it's going well, you can always re up, right? You know, like, Hey, this is going great. Do you want to talk a few more minutes more? Yeah, great. You, You can add to that, but in case it's not a fit, you have a way out and they have a way out too, you know, honestly. And the thing about this is you're just going to get so much more information about the person, how they feel, right? How their actual energy is than you can really get from a profile. And, you know, what the other thing about this is the moving it forward, um, as our friend, Dr. Glover likes to say, you know, one of the goals is you want to get to rejection quickly. And what he really means by that is you want to find out when you're not a match sooner than later. And I definitely know men in, in women who have, you know, it's like the chatting just keeps going and going and going. And either one of them gets impatient, um, or you finally meet up and then it's not a fit. And you're like, wow, I just spent like a month kind of chat investing, um, with, with this person. And turns out it didn't really work. Whereas, you know, some FaceTime, you might've known very fast. So I think this is a way to just kind of keep things moving forward. And um, also, again, kind of filters out who's not serious, right? Because there are a way, both men and women, if we're just out of a breakup or things are rocky with our partner, sometimes we can go on there and just want to get a little, you know, ah, it feels good to know I'm I'm wanted or interested. Uh, And that's okay, but it can suck if you're on the other end of that. And you don't realize that someone, but if you're like, Hey, yeah, we've, we've been texting or chatting, uh, for a couple of days here. And yeah, I'd love to just connect over FaceTime. You're going to find out really fast. Is that person actually available? And if they're not, you just saved yourself a lot of time going down that endless chat, waiting for message messages, rabbit hole. So it's, it's great leadership. And it's also a great time. You know, like you said, we're recording this I'm kind of going into the holidays. I remember that was always a hard time to start new relationships or kind of date because oftentimes people travel or aren't available for families. So then it's like, oh, there's some energy, but we can't meet up. So now we're just going to chat for a month and the energy will fizzle. Whereas you can establish a little bit of a culture of like, oh yeah, hey, well, that felt really good. I know I'm going to be busy for the next while, but maybe we could do this a couple more times over the next couple of weeks just to say hi, you know, 10 minutes each time or something like that. And there's a way you can still be building energy there so that when you do come back to a place where you can meet up. Like it hasn't just been stagnant. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I read a stat once or one of my friends worked at Tinder for a long time and he said there's I think Tinder gets 80% of its downloads between like December and February. So basically people it's called another word for this is cuffing season, right? It gets cold out and people are like, "I want a boo. I want someone to cuddle up with. I want to I want someone to be cozy and snuggle with and um and a lot of folks are going home and seeing family and that can be a big trigger because so and so's cousin just got married and you know all of these things things are like oh god what am i doing with my life where's my partner i got i got to figure this out and so the combination of all of those makes it a really popular time to be on dating apps and i do think that there's something really perfect about FaceTime or that you know that kind of connection because you can be traveling, you know, you don't have to be in the same city. Just like, let's see, let's see how this goes. And, um, I do feel protective. I would say I do feel protective of men's hearts and women's hearts as well, obviously, but the men that we work with, and I feel protective of, of your heart in terms of, um, yeah, time, right. How much time you're investing and how much you're getting excited about someone. And they just sort of drop off and they ghost. And I guess I, I, one thing I just want to say here is I've, I've had an experience multiple times of a man um, on a dating app. We've been chatting for a little while and then I've gone dark for a few days, usually because I'm, you know, really busy or I'm really down, right? I'm down. I'm, I'm not feeling great about myself or about my life or whatever it is. And then I come back to the app, let's say three or four days later. And he's like, well, I guess you're not interested. Or he says something that's kind of jabby and sharp and like, has preempted the connection, which on my side, I'm sort of like, I'm glad you gave me that information about yourself because I don't want to be with someone like that. But I guess um, I do think there's a there's a balance between being understanding that these are real people with real lives. And until they have connected with you, let's say on FaceTime or in person, you are just someone through a screen and they have a whole world going on in their in their life. So just be mindful and compassionate of where people are at, yourself included. And um, to your point, Jason, I think it's a really good point that driving the conversation forward, leading in this way, suggesting a FaceTime connection is a way to see are they serious, right? Are they willing to get on FaceTime? It, it, it is a litmus test. And you want to be doing that regularly because if you're sorting for like, I really do want a boo, like I really do want someone to cuddle up with, we want to get you there faster. So we want to be weeding out the folks who are just there because they like swiping on their work break, right? They're just like, this is a fun side side experience for me in my life or it gives me a little boost of dopamine, but I'm not really interested in you know the emotional investment of, of energy that it would require to actually connect with someone. So we want to get you to know and yes faster. Okay. Um, let's move on. So tip number four is, um, again, feeling protective of you, of you men and having worked with a lot of you, we want to suggest that you use dating apps consciously. And Jason, I think you're good at describing this. So we'll, we'll just talk about what that means, but essentially not letting them take over your life. Yeah, one of the tricks, you know, I would particularly say with those surface-oriented apps with no friction is uh, they're businesses and they have a business model and the business model is providing you dopamine hits so that you keep coming back to them and they will, you know, they'll charge you for that too. Um, but point being, you know, that whole 
electronic ecosystem of notifications and getting the hit of the, oh, I got to check and swipe and, and whatnot, that hooks into some pretty deep physiology for us. And they create it to be addictive. It is like a slot machine. If I open up the app, what's going to happen? And, you know, there are studies like, yeah, you haven't opened up the app in a while. They're going to show you some particularly intriguing um, matches, right? To keep you hooked and feel like you always have to come back. And that can get really exhausting for guys. And it can very much disrupt our lives. And what we like to work with our guys on is taking kind of the power back from those apps. And instead of them jumping into our lives and interrupting us with, with notifications and whatnot, it's creating a container around them. So I often, what I suggest is actually turn the notifications off and then choose once or twice a day. How long are you going to go in for to do swipes or respond to messages? And then let that be enough, right? And then you let that be enough. Okay, if you don't immediately respond to someone, particularly if you're going in every day, that's totally fine. Um, and then if you've kind of done your work, so to speak, for the day, then you're done. Then you can be in your life outside of there. And that tends to be very liberating for a lot of guys and help them take some agency and, and, and some control back just at the app level. And then what that, you know, continues to support that we also say, and, you know, I've been kind of just giving guys the loose rule of like 20%, you know, online dating shouldn't be taking up more than like 20% of the space of your life. So you want to make sure you're still doing other stuff, building up your life, creating fulfilling connections, having hobbies, having passions, going out to live events, getting into the world and um, being active in it. Because the more you do that, actually, you know, call it woo-woo, but that energy gets transmitted through your profile and through your interactions. They can feel you're alive, you're vital, you're, you're, you're doing something. Um, so going to classes where uh, you're interacting with people or following passions like running or hiking, there's so many different things you can do here, but you don't want online dating to take over your life because we have had men and worked with men who are really motivated to get into a relationship. And they actually do get matches, um, but they can suddenly find themselves going on three, four, five dates a week, sometimes for months on end. And then they can just get exhausted. And then it's not fun anymore. And then it's just like, uh. So creating a container around your relationship to the apps and online dating in general is really important of like, yeah, putting some limitations on there and allowing yourself to still have a life outside of it. Yes. Yeah, speaking of still having a life outside of it, this is something that comes up frequently in, in our work and something I'm going to repeat that you just said, which is our strong recommendation is that if you are engaging in online dating, that you are equally, if not more engaging in real life activities. So, and this is going to depend on your situation. If you are a busy single dad this is going to be a lot less realistic for you. So I get it. And this is mostly targeted at men that have a little more time and space in their schedules. Um, but you want to be going to meetup events that meet weekly. So like a hiking meetup that meets weekly or like 
a board game meetup, right? It's getting cold out. So stuff that's inside. If you, if you find board games intriguing, um, sometimes people will have like movie night, like documentary and discussion type things. Um, improv classes are something that we recommend a lot because it gets you out weekly, right? You want something where you're seeing people regularly, including women. And there's something that you're doing with them. There's something exciting in the world that you're doing. I, there is an interaction I've noticed. It's interesting. A lot of our men have changed their attitude or the way that they're online dating, and then they've met someone in person. So there is something, there is something energetically. I, I don't know how to describe it better, but there is some kind of interaction between getting clear on what you're looking for, being willing to put that on your profile, having photos that you feel dignified in that you feel like you have dignity around and, and then just moving in the world and bringing some of that energy with you and being available and being open and being interested in other people. So yeah, the tip is be mindful of and conscious around how you're using the apps to basically protect yourself, (laughs) to protect your psyche, because it can be really hard And then also make sure you're putting equally, if not more energy and attention on meeting people in real life and being open to new kinds of experiences and kind of testing things out to see what you like and what you don't. Because I think treating, treating life like an experiment, like, let me just see, let me try some things and see is a lot lower, um, lower impact or just, it's a, it's a more gentle way of moving through life rather than like, I'm doing this thing and I've got to be really good at it, or I have this goal and I've got to hit this goal. Like that can sometimes have us feel more restricted in our energy versus like, I'm testing some things out. I'm trying some things out. I've never taken a cooking class, for example. I'm going to try that. You know, I don't know. I've never, I've never tried it. Let me see how it is and who's there. And you never know what's going to happen. You know, you never know what's going to happen. You could meet someone in their 60s or 70s and just get along well and you think they're really funny and they invite you to their book club, right? And you're like, that sounds hilarious. Let me be, you know, the only late 30-something dude in this book club. Like, sure. And then they're like, I have a niece. I think you could really get along with her. I just made up that whole scenario. But you see where life tends to unfold step by step and we can't see the whole path. But the more open you are, the more available you are to new experiences, the more likely it is that you're going to get to other experiences that you want. So any last comments on that before we get to our, our final one? Um, community is a key part there. And, you know, the just a, kind of the way to tie this in that I've certainly heard feedback from women around is sometimes the quickest way uh, a woman can get a sense of a man is who's he surrounded himself with in his life. And so being involved in communities, it can it can be relaxing and actually create a sa- sense of safety as someone gets to know you and gets to ne- feel the people that are around you. Um, you know, I, I certainly remember that was one of the things my wife said when she met some of my core male friends. I was like, wow, he's like got really solid men around him. And that, that had an impact on her, right? And so you know, through these activities and whatnot, you can start to build up those communities that a partner can then join you in and get to know and get to meet. And it, it, it tends to just feel really good. Yes. And I think there's something to be said as well for the, that spirit of openness, that spirit of experimentation and bringing that into relationship 
is is a huge boon because you know I think we're going to have an episode coming up about um, confrontational tolerance, meaning how good are you at holding differences in a relationship? I want to do this. You want to do that. They're not compatible. Do you just cave right away? Do you dig your heels in? You know, the ability to just hold that space and experiment. Let's try this. How about we try that? That is a really healthy way of going about relationship in addition to going about dating. So this, this spirit of experimentation is, is a cert is, is will serve you in every stage of a relationship, not just the stage that we're talking about. So the last tip that we have is to do the work. And what we mean by that is, you know, get therapy, go to a workshop, hire a coach, do do the work, do the deeper work, because particularly if you're someone for whom online dating isn't working, hasn't worked, you know, just you've been having a really, really hard time for a very, very long time, there may be a polarity issue going on. And I can tell you that one of the things that I'm tracking for, you know, in my as a woman, as a woman who's attracted to men on the apps in photos is, do I feel like this is a man who could take me, right, sexually? Do I feel like, yeah, yeah, like he's got the thing, like he's he's alive, he's vital, he's in his body, he's, you know, able to, to drive that kind of experience for me. And so it's not so much about, you know, like, is he tall? Is he balding? Does he have a punch? Does he, is he, does he make a certain amount of money? Is he, you know, it's, it's not about the outside packaging that I'm tracking. It's this, it's a feeling. It's, do I believe that this man could take me? And there's a certain, um, feeling, right? And often, often when I'm on the apps, I'm swiping left a lot. And that's a lot of why. And the reason I bring that up specifically is, we work with a lot of guys who classify themselves as nice guys and they don't necessarily, they they haven't fully stepped into their power. And so they're not going to get the response from someone like me that they want until that deeper level is addressed. So yes, you want to lay out your vision and you want to do all of this other stuff. And I would argue the, the, the thing you want to look at the most is the deeper stuff. You really want to be doing the work to be engaging with the polarity question, right? We talk about the heart cock matrix. Where do you land on the heart cock matrix? Have you been in a lot of love relationships where you felt taken advantage of, or you didn't feel in control? You didn't know how to lead. You felt kind of like a little boy or not fully, um, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, appreciated for what you were providing, right? And it felt like you were giving and giving and giving and never getting back. Those are all pointing to nice guy syndrome, and there and that is overcomable. You don't have to stay stuck there. But if you don't do anything about it, you can do all the rest of these tips, and you're not going to get the results that you want. So there's a deeper level that needs to be addressed polarity wise if you do want to attract, you know, women who like to flow in their omega. Right. If you, you know, we've worked with a lot of guys who've said things like, I've only really been with women who picked me. Like if I look back on it and I look back at who who I end who I ended up with, which is another phrase that a lot of times they're using, it's 
women who pick them. And there's nothing wrong with that inherently, but I can tell you from having worked with men for over a decade now that there is a certain sense of purpose and power that comes when men get the agency and do the deeper work and are able to move towards women they want rather than waiting for women to come to them. I've seen it over and over where it's like, wow, this feels a lot better. I feel better in my body. I feel more excited and vital. Like I went after, I went after it. And whether she said yes or no is less, less the, less the issue, but that drive, that sense of, of power, I keep saying that word, but that sense of power, there's a, there's a way that that comes across in your eyes. It's, there's a way that comes across in your body. There's a way that comes across in your profile <laughs> that I am picking up on or not picking up on. And I, as someone who likes to flow in her omega, I want to be taken. I want to be claimed. I want to feel, um, I want to feel pursued, I guess is, is a word. And I don't mean that in an aggressive way, but just like, I want to know that you can do that. I want to know that I, I will have an ally, that I'm not going to be the one driving everything forward. And that's not just including dates. It's also like conversations. Like, are you going to be a man who's able to speak to the tension that we're having, right? Like, Hey, we're like, we're having trouble connecting right now. Like, let's talk about it. Are you going to be able to do that? There's so much that comes along with, you know, the heart cock matrix and that, that cock energy, that willingness to engage and drive things forward and be in your power that serves in a relationship, not just in dating. So yeah, our final tip is you got to do the work. You got to do the work. If you want a healthy, happy love relationship of any kind, not just, you know, not just a long-term marriage, but just all the things we're talking about this has to get handled. You can't skip this and just keep doing what you're doing and getting the results that you're getting, right? You need to to engage in this transformational journey in some way. It it could be uh, you know, medicine journeys, it could be breath work, it could be somatic therapy, it could be talk therapy, it could be working with us, it could be getting into a workshop, you know, um thinking about what's that the L word workshop la, la, um Landmark. Landmark. Thank you. It could be landmark. There's a lot of different ways to engage with personal growth work, but it needs to be in person, in action, um, or not in person necessarily, but you know, there needs to be action. You can't just consume media and expect transformational results. You have to actually get in there and get your hands dirty and engage with engage with this. Curious to hear your your thoughts on that. Yeah, transformation. I mean, it shows up in our relationships and it's how it actually happens. So, I mean, I've done it myself. I'm a guy, I bought a lot of books, listened to a lot of podcasts, gotten online courses that were self paced. And there's a way none of that can matter, it doesn't actually lead to any change. But when you're doing the work, as we're talking about, there's almost always a relational component. So you're actually interacting and you can't hide when you're in relationship in this world in a sense. So that's where so much growth can happen. And it, that's where the empowerment often comes from. Like, I feel like, oh, I have an ability to impact my life and my behavior. That feels good versus, ah, I feel stuck and I don't know how to get myself out of this. I feel like a victim. That's not a particularly attractive energy for anyone, truth be told. And so when we're doing the work, um, we're getting our power back, we're transforming. And 
you know, oftentimes some of the other things we we even pointed to of like, well, yeah, how do I um, create community or meet other good quality men? Doing the work is a great way to do it. You can start to build community there who become those trusted people around you that you can are part of your life when you invite someone into it. And, um, you know, we've talked about this before that we've just seen the more someone steps into doing their work, the more attracted to and attraction they get from other people who are doing the work, right? Like it's once you're kind of in that space, that's who you start to be attracted to is other people who are self-aware and working on themselves. And you will, you become more attractive to those people as well, because they're doing the work. So they know what it means that you're doing the work. Someone who's never stepped onto the personal growth path might not care that you went to a 10 day Vipassana retreat or that you've been into deep therapy because that doesn't mean anything to them. They don't know the vulnerability you've stepped into to do that where someone who's in that world will get it and like can be appreciative of like, wow, you've really been investing in yourself as a human being. And that makes me, you know, makes you more trustable to me. And so this is someone, uh, you know, I can imagine what could we create here. And this is, um, sets the stage for even creating a growth oriented relationship. If you're already growth oriented, you're more likely to end up in a relationship with someone who is going to create something growth oriented with you. And that is a massive liberation for a lot of our guys when they start to step into that. I think this is a great, um, we have a, a man in our program right now who's having success on the apps. And one of the things that he included was I'm in a men's group. Right. And, and several women were like, Hey, that's really cool. You're in a men's group. So that, that's just one example of, I don't know how he felt. I should actually ask him, like, were you nervous putting that on your profile? Did it feel woo woo to you? Like, how was that? But he was willing to do it and he put it out there. Here's something that I'm up to, right? I'm up to personal growth. I'm up to this kind of thing. And it's like a, it's like a homing call where it's like other people that are in, in invested in that kind of thing or interested in that kind of thing are going to swipe right. They're going to be excited about it. They're going to swipe right. They're going to respond. You know, I can say that's been consistently true for me when I see a man's profile who talks about consciousness work in some way. I am paying more attention to whether he messages me. It's not just like, oh, okay, like BB plus. That's like that's an A. That's I'm 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 waiting to hear back from this guy. I'm looking for this response. I, I this has my attention, and when that is paired with, you know, that feeling of there's aliveness in his eyes. There's, you know, there's, I can feel his aliveness. I can feel his vitality. I feel like he would be able to come for me. That's, you know, now I'm really interested. Now I really want to know. And so I think there's something, um, there's something engaging about doing the work and being vocal about doing the work, <laughs> right? Let's like, don't just do the work, but also share that you're doing it and then see who shows up because it's going to be a different quality of person. And I heard, you know, another one of our men is um in the Midwest and he's he's kind of opening up to newer different experiences and he's done a really good job of deepening the friendships that he already has, which is something we talk about a lot in terms of having more support in your life and really feeling connected and feeling supported. And um and he and one of his close friends are going to go to a sound bath soon. And that's a new thing for him. And you want to know how many, you want to know the ratio of women to men at a sound bath, you guys, it's like 90% women. 
you know, you want to go meet some women that are into consciousness shit, go to a sound bath. So I'm excited. It's not necessarily the easiest place to, um, they don't always do connection stuff between you. It's kind of a passive, you receive the sound bath, but there's the before and there's the after, and maybe there's some hot apple cider and you have a conversation and who knows what happens. But um, I think that's a good example of do more of the kinds of things that you, that are inspiring the kind of change and growth and transformation that you want in your life. And then meet the people that are at those events too. And I guess I would also say just when you're, when you're sorting for this kind of thing, when you're engaging in like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do the work, prioritize groups, prioritize, you know, our program is a men's group and a coaching program rolled into one. We do that for a reason because it's important that you connect with other men who are on this path. It's important that you have community right away. That's a big part of the transformation. So prioritize places where you're going to meet other people and you're going to connect with other people that are also on this ride, that are also doing the work because that's the foundation for everything that comes next. Cool. Well, I think um, any last comments on that? Otherwise, we can tell people how to get in touch with us. There's never a better time to start than now. (laughs) Just that simple. So yeah, if you are interested in working with us, and joining our program, you can go to evolutionary.men slash apply. And um, yeah, I guess I would just say this is a, this kind of thing, doing the work, whether it's with us or whoever, it doesn't matter. This is really what's going to change your next year, right? As you're evaluating how 2023 was, what you want in 2024, I really encourage you to take any steps towards getting in motion around this, around doing the work, because it is, um, it's one of the best investments you're ever going to make in your life. Cause everything is, um, everything is related to this, right? Stepping into your power, being able to feel like you're in control of your life, know what you want, know where you're going, be able to lead, um, not dominate, but lead. It serves you in every area. So and it's just really gratifying to see to see what happens um, when that when that's in place. So, okay, good luck. See you next time. <laughs>